Welcome to Tips from the Server Room. This podcast is designed for all you systems admins, network specialists, or the guys and gals out there in the office who handles it all. Sit back, relax, grab a beverage, and enjoy Tips from the Server Room. Hey, yes, welcome back, everybody, once again to Tips from the Server Room. This is episode number 133 for May the 5th, 2018. I am once again your host, Jack. I'll be guiding you into, through, and back out of the world of systems administration, network administration, and all fields of IT. Please check out my website if you have a chance. That is at tipsfromtheserverroom.com, where you can comment on these shows. If you have any questions or ideas for future shows, simply email me at jack at tipsfromtheserverroom.com. You can also follow me on Twitter and is at technoman. Just to let you know, this week's show has no video component. This is only an audio podcast for the week of May 5th, 2018. Folks, I was looking around the web the other day thinking of a topic for this show, and I came across what I wanted to talk about. This is introducing Windows Server 2019, and it's now available for preview. So if you sign up for the Windows Insider program, which we've talked about many times on this show, you can simply go over and you can download an actual ISO image of Windows Server 2019. Now the ISO image, uh, I, I don't know yet, I haven't played with it, but I do not know yet if it would register with, one, with your 2016 um, uh, key. I'm not really sure of that, but what I would guess would be... Um, Basically, it's going to be a 180-day demo. Uh, that's what they usually put these things out as. But when you're doing the insider preview, you'll find out that really uh, there may be a lot more releases uh, before that 180 days is up. So uh, you may want to go back and stay up to date on those. Um, now, you can always click on the uh, uh, the update button. It's going to update and, and give you like a fast-paced update so you can see stuff. But... I would suggest when you start playing with the new Windows Server version, the first thing to do is get familiar with what is there. Uh, you don't want to start, uh, you know, load this up and start playing with it and then find out later that, uh, you know, two days after it updated and everything you just learned changed. So be very careful and take your time with this. Also, word of caution, never use, <laughs> never use a pre-release of server as your production environment. That's just given. Uh, but like I said, this show is uh, for all those <clears throat> accidental techies out there also. And we have to talk to the accidental techies where, you know, you don't want to just download this, set it up and say, hey, that's my new Active Directory controller. I have server 2019 because it is not released yet. These are all just previews. Now, let's talk about a little bit about Windows Server 2019. It was built on a strong foundation of Windows Server 2016, which continues to see great momentum in the customer adoption. And I know there's still a lot of people out there running Windows Server 2012 R2. Uh, I'm, I'm really familiar with that the operating system. Um, hey, I actually teach a course on it. If you go to jtclearning.com, that's jtclearning.com, you can actually uh, click on the course and actually sign up for it. Uh, most companies will reimburse you for the payment for that course. Or it's a great uh, resume builder for you to have that course. Uh, once you're done, I will mail you a certificate in the mail of completion. 
and you can add that to your resume. So yes, I am very familiar with Server 2012 R2. But Windows Server 2016 is uh, the fastest adopting version of Windows Server ever. So Server 2016 is starting to uh, really, really come out of its shell and is starting to grow uh, great momentum uh, overall. And um, it says here that Microsoft has been busy since its launch uh, and uh, Ignite of the 2016 drawing insights and feedback from the product uh, team to make this release even better. They also spent a lot of time with customers to understand the future challenges and where the industry is going. Four themes um, are very consistent here and uh, from reading through this blog post. Hybrid, security, application platform, and hyper-converged infrastructure which brings numerous innovations to these four themes with the new server. Now, I'm not going to read all this to you. Um, I will look for the link and put that with the show notes, so that way you can go in there and actually uh, read all this uh, great uh, stuff yourself. Uh, the Under the hybrid cloud scenarios, it says that Microsoft knows uh, the move to the cloud is a journey and often a hybrid approach. Now, hybrid approach very much is where you have uh, parts of your servers in the cloud and you have parts of your servers on-premise. Most people that I've been talking to have been keeping their Active Directory controller on-premise. So that way, you know, as they maintain user accounts and everything, and then they synchronize those with, um, I, th I think it's called, uh, I don't want to get it wrong here, I think it's called Azure Active Sync. But they use that syncing agent, I know we're using it at the school, to sync our Active Directory controller over to Azure. That way you don't have to add those user accounts to both locations. But you can build your server farm in the cloud. And this makes that hybrid approach. A lot of companies are starting to look into this and a lot of companies are doing that. Now, as it says, they're extending Active Directory, synchronizing file servers and backup in the cloud are just a few examples of what they're doing today. Be very cautious when syncing file servers. And the reason we talked about this a few months ago, I think, is the cost of uh, Azure, the cost of doing cloud-based computing. That's something at the school that we're still, you know, working on and we're still kicking around the ideas is how much does it cost to transmit uh, a, mega, a megabyte across the wire to your uh, cloud-based servers? How much does it cost to... Um, you know, uh, open a Excel document because you're you're moving data back and forth across that wire. Those are things that you have to really dig into and see, uh, is it going to be cost effective? You may actually want to keep your server uh, that houses your files if you still do the old school routine and, and keep your files in your server rack. They should by now be all cloud-based, but there's some very good cloud solutions out there. Uh, as I said, we're using uh, Google Drive. There is uh, OneDrive from Microsoft that people just rave about. Um, you know, there's Dropbox, there's Box. Um, I see um, uh, Amazon has, a, you know, AWS cloud-based storage. There is a bunch of solutions out there to store your information, and you don't have to keep servers in your racks anymore to store data uh, or to store files uh, for your users. You know, and if you're getting into that, we used to get into that argument where, well, is it secure? Well, yes. I mean, come on. 
<clears throat> these bigger companies out there are probably keeping your stuff more secure than what you're going to keep it in your own rack, uh, especially if you are managing your own firewall. I mean, people can come through there, boom, they got all your files, or they or they crypto lock them, and you know you have a wor another whole world of nightmares uh, coming up. So, something to think about when you're keeping that, that those files in your own server rack. I would suggest put them somewhere other than on premise. So in addition, it says a hybrid approach also allows apps running on premise to take advantage of innovative or innovation in the cloud, such as artificial intelligence or IoT. Now, if you're not familiar with IoT, it seems like every it used to be once a year, once every two years, we had a great catchphrase, right? I mean, that's when remember when VM was hot, you gotta virtualize. And everybody was running to the VM markets uh, because that was the catchphrase. But now it seems like we have a catchphrase every, wow, anymore, almost every month, every three months, there's a, there's a new terminology coming up. So AI, um, is, I'm really excited about AI. I, I read a lot about it. Um, I haven't started to program or dig into that yet, but I imagine I probably will get there uh, to start getting the feel of how do you, the human, interact with that artificial intelligence and at that point be able to talk to it and get it to respond back to you. So I think that is very uh, interesting stuff. But the IOT, and the IOT is Internet of Things. And I wish I would have known about this uh, back in the 90s, what was that, 96 or 97, when myself and a couple partners built the very first Internet service in uh, Washington County here in Pennsylvania. I wish, I, you know, somebody would have told me that one day, Jack, there's going to be an Internet of Things. The Internet will be everywhere. We would have had a multi-billion dollar business. Uh, as it turns out, though, I mean, you know, things happen. And all we seen was the inside of the box. And we've seen dial-up customers were going away. People wanted to start using higher speed internets. And we made it to the 56K mark. Uh, it cost us a lot of money to do that, but we were doing a digital 56K box with PRI lines, uh, which is primary relay interface lines. And to go to that next level to do something like DSL was going to be another great expense that you know we weren't uh, willing or more we weren't able to compete against Verizon and Comcast, who was coming up saying we're taking over the market. So we ended up selling the business. And back then, nobody wanted to buy a website. I would go meet with business clients. I would go sit down with somebody at their desk and say, you know, you need a website. We can design it for you. We can host it for you. Uh, it's totally hands-off. You tell us what you'd like on it. We will do all the programming because back then you didn't have uh, you didn't have Wix and all these different places to, to do an easy website. We had to program them in Notepad. And companies said, why do I need a website? Now... We have IoT, Internet of Things, which means the Internet will be everywhere. So when you're shaving in the morning, I would imagine your razor will go, uh, you know, maybe your razor will even notify you with your smartwatch and say, it is time to shave. Because, you know, I think the human is getting to the point where uh, it's dumbing us down. We, we can almost be uh, the walking dead at that point. Everything will be told to you what you need to do. Uh, huh. Kind of like a robot. But, uh, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. But the Internet of Things is just the Internet everywhere. So it's something to really think about. Um, it, at Ignite is what they call this. In September of 2017, they announced a technical preview of Project 
Honolulu. Now, if you've never seen this, please go over and check out this link. Uh, Project Honolulu is basically a total um, Windows management or server management environment. And when you look at this thing, <clears throat> if you used Windows Azure, Microsoft Azure, you will realize that it's exactly the same interface or, or it's close to the same interface as what you're using on Azure. But you load this thing on your on-premise server and you can manage your server environment just simply by using this, uh, this great tool called Project Honolulu. And let's see here. Just scroll down. Okay, security. Let's talk a little bit about security, right? Everybody worries about security. All things are security. And with security comes some top priority. No, wait. Security continues to be the top priority for our customers. Ah, uh, really? Who would think that security would be a priority for anybody? Absolutely, that's probably your top priority is keeping things secure. The number of cybersecurity incidents continue to grow, and the impact on these incidents is escalating quickly. A Microsoft study shows that attackers take, on average, just 24 to 48 hours to penetrate an environment and affecting the first machine. In addition, attackers can stay in a penetrated environment without being noticed for up to 99 days on average. 99 days. And if you... If you don't have the proper, uh, you know, and I tell you folks, if you don't have the proper monitoring software in place and if you don't log on your servers or if you don't have anybody in your environment that understands the servers and understands like how they should look at these and what they should be looking at security, looking at the firewalls, uh, you know, definitely look me up. Um, like I said, I, I still do a lot of uh, consulting work. And I can definitely log in. I can help you out. We can create a security um, overview for you. And uh, maybe even, you know, if you need help trying to get uh, the powers to be to buy the proper security gear that you need or the software, I'm sure I can help you out with that also. So just simply get a hold of me. Uh, the easiest way is just, again, email me at jack at tipsfromtheserverroom.com and we can discuss this and talk about price. And uh, it would be... It would be beneficial. Uh, the price would be very, um, a very fluctuating price. We, we can work on that. And uh, I just really, really enjoy helping people out. I really want your environment to be secure because that's going to make you look top notch. So Microsoft continues their journey to help the customers improve their security posture by working on futures that bring together learning and running global scale data centers for Microsoft Azure. Office 365, and several other online services. I do look and I do, well, I do listen to a lot of podcasts. You know, I told you that before. You, you know, you can never learn enough. And I heard recently uh, listening to a podcast and uh, what they were talking about was how OneNote for the desktop is going away. And I think they said in 2020. So in 2020, it will be gone away. Okay. They're looking at replacing it with the Windows 10 um, OneNote version, which right now there's a little difference between those two. There's a couple things that you can't do with one that you can't do with the other, but it's going away. Folks, if you don't think that Microsoft Office 365 is the future of computing, if you don't think you need your office staff trained on how to use Office 365, 
how to understand where their files are going and file structure and everything, you know, think again. Because unless you're going to be sticking with, you know, I don't know, let's say you have Office, and I'm sure a lot of you are still running Office uh, 2007 or maybe or Office XP. I hope not. But you're still running these environments. You know, there's no security updates for those, no patches for those. And I understand you can't afford it. I, I get it. But what's going to happen is all the desktop programs are going to be going away. And Office 365 is what's going to be, you know, really coming to light. And people are really going to have to know how to use it. It just makes sense. Why wouldn't Microsoft build one application or one platform, have you log on to a website, and that platform always be up to date and always be secure? They don't have to worry about if you're running, you know, uh, as I said, Office XP, Office 2007, Office 2012, Office 2016. They don't have to worry about that anymore. Everybody will be on the secure, safe version of Office 365. Plus, the cost of delivering that to you is a lot cheaper, right? They don't have to burn DVDs. They don't have to worry about selling those silly little cards in the store so you can go out and download it and then scratch the, you know, scratch the key number off. They are going to be eventually one day totally online. If your organization or your company doesn't understand Office 365, and if you know you need that back-end training, that person that has that knowledge to come in or to do a webcast with uh, with your people in your company to teach them, again, get a hold of me. Just email me at jack at tipsfromtheserverroom.com, and we can uh, set up either an on-site training with you wherever you're at. Um, well, I would like to stay within the United States. Or we can, if you're outside the States, we can definitely set up a webcast and I can teach you uh, from right here in my office and we can come live and in living color right to your company. Uh, I would suggest have everybody's laptops. We'll get the Office 365 accounts going for them and they can strictly uh, simply do that. So, And uh, I even have a supplier that will supply Office 365. So if you need that, again, just simply contact me. So on approach to security is threefold, protect, detect, and respond. This will bring the security feature in all three areas to Windows Server 2019. Again, remember that. So it protect, detect, and respond. All right. So if you're protecting, we talked about this many times over and over and over, you're being very proactive, right? You're proacting because you're protecting your information. Now, if you're detecting, okay, you've seen something happen, and then you have to respond to it. And now, if you just go to that response phase, that's a reactive. That's a reaction to something that happened on your network. And it happens, believe me. But when this happens, uh, maybe we'll talk next week about a very – or did I talk about that last week? Um, you know, it, it, maybe I talked about that last week. There's a very systematic approach. Uh, when something happens, don't just start pulling cables. Don't just start deleting files. Be very, very uh, vigilant in your investigation to find out what happened, how it came in, and, and, and documentation is very, very important. So, so yeah, the reactive part, everybody just wants to ah jump and, and yell and, and scream about it, but you really don't want to do that. You want to be, you know, very, very, uh, you want to approach it in a very systematic way. Um, let's just see here if we're going to talk about anything else. Let me see where I'm at here. Okay, the application platform. A key guiding principle for us, for Microsoft, the Windows Server team, 
is a relentless focus on the developer experience. Two key aspects to call out for the developer community are improvements to Windows Server containers and Windows subsystems on Linux, or WSL. Because remember, there is some subsystems and there's some Linux not running on Windows, right, on, on the new releases of Windows 10. Um, I believe it's an SSH shell. Uh, I have not used it, so I'm not going to comment uh, a whole lot about that. But since the introduction of containers in Windows Server 2016, Microsoft has seen a great momentum in its adoption. Tens of millions of containered images have been downloaded from the Docker Hub. The team learned that the feedback that is smaller, that a smaller container, large or image size, will significantly improve experience of developers and IT pros who are modernizing their existing applications using containers. In Windows Server 2019, our goal is to reduce the server core base container image to a third of its current size of 5 gigabyte. This will reduce the download time of the image by 72%, further optimizing the development time and performance. So, you know, very easily put, you have to think about the application. If you're a developer, uh, they are definitely working with you to uh, create a better platform for developers out there. The hybrid converged infrastructure, HCI. The hybrid converged infrastructure, HCI, is one of the largest trends in the server industry, according to IDC. The HIC market grew 64% in 2016, and Gartner says it will be a $5 billion market by 2019. So basically, customers are looking for an HCI solution that can use Windows Server 2016 and the Windows Server software-defined program today. So Microsoft basically put per partnered with the industry-leading hardware vendors to provide an affordable and yet extremely robust HCI solution with validated design. In Windows, Windows Server 2019, we are building a platform by adding scale, performance, reliability. We are also adding the ability to manage HCI deployments in Project Honolulu to specify the management and day-to-day -day activities on HCI environments. Again, this is something you're going to have to read more about, um, you know, during this link. Go into the link, like I said, read more about it. I just wanted to touch base with you folks today, give you a little bit of highlights here and uh, a little background. Um, hey, and we also threw, and I hope you weren't too upset, but I also threw a few of my services in there. If you do need those, definitely contact me. I can definitely help you out uh, in any way you need. Um, again, like I said, either on-site or by all means uh, remotely. We have many, many tools to remote manage or remote assist everybody out there. So my final thoughts on upgrading from 20, 2008 R2 or 2012 R2. I'm in the very early stages of building my course for Server 2016. So, um, you know, I'm not going to tell you to rush out and upgrade to Server 2016. I will, however, tell you at the school we did, um, we did actually spin up a new server and we loaded Server 2016 uh, for our new SCCM server. And it's very stable. It's been running fine. We haven't had any 
uh, troubles with it whatsoever. So that's something to think about. But I'll give you more on that once I get that course built and I, I understand it even more. Uh, then we'll talk more in depth about should you run an upgrade. Um, you know, we still have a 2008 or two server. I think I actually have two running, and they're still running fine. Uh, there's nothing wrong with them. Uh, 2012 R2 is still a very powerful software. Um, if you've never used 2012 R2, by all means, go to jtclearning.com, sign up for that course. It's very inexpensive, and um, and learn everything that you know that I can teach you about it. Um, and that course is also, like I said, that I'm working on the 2016 course now. So that will be another added bonus to that that platform of courses. Folks, thank you so much for listening to me here, downloading, subscribing to the show. I do appreciate it. I appreciate all the comments. I appreciate all the emails of thanks out there for this. Uh, when I started this years ago, I just simply wanted to create something to kind of pay it forward to help out people out there, either the seasoned veterans or I want to help out the person that's kind of that accidental techie in the office that don't really understand this. I want to put it into uh, basic English that you can understand and relate to. I think that's the big parts of this entire show. Folks, if you use Amazon to buy anything from windshield washer fluid to oil for your car to a new computer to a server to switches to whatever you buy, Go to tipsfromtheserverroom.com, click on that trusty little handy-dandy link there. Yeah, a couple pennies of the sale comes back to the show, which always helps out, and we always need that help. Um, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. And other than that, we're going to wrap up this week. Like I said, um, we have uh, plans, so we got to uh, run and take care of those plans. Thank you for watching. Remember, there's no video component to this week. Obviously, that must be why you're listening to this podcast in your car. But don't think you're going to run into the office and catch the video because it is not there. And I'm sorry about that. We will bring the video back here next week, next uh, Saturday. We will be doing another show here with you. So take care, everybody. And I will talk to you next week. So long from Tips from the Server Room. Bye-bye for now. You just listened to Tips from the Server Room with your host, Jack. If you have any questions, please drop me a comment at tipsfromtheserverroom.com. Thanks again for tuning in and downloading the shows. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the remainder of the music. We'll see you next week on Tips from the Server Room. So long. <laughs>